today's episode all about high converting emails and how to make high converting emails in 2022. Now, if you are listening to this in 2024, probably irrelevant, which is why I wanted to make this time bound. It's 2022. Things change by the second, it feels like. And I have been noticing a lot of things between my clients, emails I've been receiving, emails I'm sending, and there are definitely some common threads and things that I wanted to share with you to help make your email marketing efforts a little bit more successful. Now, we're going to talk more specifically about, let's just say, the anatomy of an email and email marketing and really how to make it work for you, how to increase opens, how to increase that click-through rate, and just how to be a good email marketer. So it's no secret, email, SEO, some of my favorite things, but email marketing, it's not dead. It's one of the best middle of funnel marketing tactics, and any person who's ever worked with me or gotten a strategy from me, email is absolutely involved. I cannot stress it enough as a crucial piece to growing your business. In fact, I have a little bit of a crazy stat. So more people are opening email accounts than you might think. So in 2020, according to Statista, the number was 4 billion. And in 2025, that number is expected to increase to 4.6 billion users. So they took this study in 2020. Within five years, they believe that 0.6 billion users will be on the platform. If that's 6 million or 600 million, really bad at math here, but that's a lot of freaking people to have email addresses and to be receiving emails. So lots to think about there. But all in all, email marketing is my favorite way to not only engage your audience, but stay super, super relevant. It's like a good Facebook ad. Even if they don't click on it, they're still seeing it. You're still in the back of their minds. Until your audience hits unsubscribe, you are still relevant in their email inbox. You are still in the back of their minds as they see your email pop up. So really keep that in mind, especially as we look at things like click-through rates and open rates. Just because 50% of your list opens your email doesn't mean the other 50%. I mean, it's really, it's really a numbers game when you think about it. But at the end of the day, every industry has different benchmark open rates, different benchmark click-through rates. I'm here to help you just hone in on the general sense of how to really structure an email for success. So These are general tips, whether you're creating newsletters, promotional emails, anecdotal emails. At the end of the day, you want them to click something. We don't send an email with the intention of just informing, at least not every single time you send an email. You want people to take an action. They're in your middle of funnel for a reason. So it's kind of like you send someone a web page every week. Like that is how you want to treat your email, something that's just packed with information that can help them, but also tell them what to do next. So we're going to stop rambling. We're going to get into these six tips. So the first one is a little bit of what I've already talked about already, which is do your best to be anecdotal for the first sentence or two in an email. And I have an example, so get ready. But it's really important here that you're evoking emotion if you're B2C more so than others, but that or providing something educational for the reader before you go, hey, buy this from me. And before I get into this, I've just had like a random sidebar pop into my head. If you have a kid and you subscribe to Love Every Emails, I think I've talked about this in another podcast too. Like I have almost bought their stuff a million times for my kid because it's just so cool. A, they're the Montessori method. If you don't know what that is, look that up. 
and B, they have age-specific toys, which just really takes the guesswork out of knowing what to buy for your kid. But what I love about them is if you're on their email list, you plug in how old your kid is and they send you newsletters relevant to what you should do for playtime, which I think directs you to their blog, which is incredible. But at the end of the day, their goal is to get you to buy their product and it's almost working on me. They've infiltrated my mind. But anyways, back to the point. I've learned from early on that from someone who is anti-social media as a main marketing strategy, her name is Michelle Knight. Look her up. She's amazing. She has a monthly marketing membership if you're ever into like DIYing anything, SEO, video, Pinterest. She's incredible. I love her. But one thing she really stresses is that storytelling is absolutely crucial in marketing. It's at the base of a lot of my own marketing and it helps prospective clients buy into you. At the end of the day, more likely than not, you're the one they're working with. So to some extent, they have to have contact with you. And even as you grow your brand, your mission, your vision, your core values, they should all be apparent in the storytelling of your brand, which is why I feel like storytelling is just really, really important. This doesn't have to be like a telenovela or <laughs> super drawn out or elaborate, or the inspiration for a new telenovela or TV series. Honestly, simple is always better. So I'm going to read you an example that I sent. If you're on my email list, you probably got this for the promotion of the kickoff of season four of She's Busy AF. So yeah, I'm going to go ahead and read that right now. Here it goes. I was approximately 13 years old when I was first diagnosed with OCD. For me, that looked like counting steps, getting anxious easily, and flipping an absolute poop emoji, when something didn't go according to plan. Which is kind of funny considering 15 years later, my blood pressure and HRV are that of a teenager, according to my doctor, but that's likely attributed to years of therapy and, well, a number of other factors. Nonetheless, I still obsess over things. Much healthier things. That said, welcome to season four of She's Busy AF, the first episode of the season I'm dishing out my latest obsessions, business and personal. My aim with season four, be more relatable, tell more of my story, laugh a bit more, and mix that up in a pot with more strategy-packed episodes that are paralleled to what myself and my clients are doing to continue to kick a money sign, money sign <laughs> in our ever-changing consumer and purchasing climate. Mainly, I look forward to recording episodes that make you feel like I'm in the room with you, just chatting it up. I mean this in the least creepy way possible. Okay, y'all, let's dive in. And so then after that, I put a button to listen to the episode and then some links at the bottom. So that's just a really good way to start with a story and really just explaining what you're going to be seeing, clicking, listening to, and get you kind of excited about it. I hope that got you excited about it. And if you haven't listened to that episode, it's really good. It's called Obsessions Anonymous. It's, it's fun. Go listen to it. Okay, so that's number one is be anecdotal. Really lead in with a story. Get people interested. Think about it like the first paragraph of a book or the first chapter of a book. Like if you're not hooked then, if you're like me, you'll read the book anyways because you're not a quitter. Or <laughs> if you're just like, this is not for me, then you'll quit and not read it. So you don't want to take that chance of not hooking people. So try and hook people there. Okay, so the second tip is short and sweet does the trick in more ways than one. So long sentences, long paragraphs, those are challenging for most readers to get through. So think about when you're reading a book, a paragraph that takes up the entire page. Like, I don't know if you're like me and you turn the page and you're like, there's no dialogue. <laughs> you're like, I have to get through this page. It can be like that. And most people will choose to not read an email as opposed to read it if they can't figure out what the point is. 
So with that, I would consider the length of your email. If it's a novel, maybe save that for a blog post and SEO optimize it. Of course, if the purpose of your email is to be a weekly newsletter that's anecdotal in nature and you know your audience binges that, maybe that's your jam. But generally speaking with email marketing, you want to get to the point. You want your reader to take action. Now, you can spice the page up a little bit by bolding things, underlining things, changing colors, adding in a GIF. I highly recommend those things because it really keeps your reader engaged and tells them where to go with their eyes. So typically what I'll do is I'll write a whole email and then I'll go back in and bold, underline, highlight, whatever I feel like is relevant to tell a story and then I go back and just read those lines out loud that are bolded, underlined, italicized, whatever, just to make sure that if they just read those things, they get the point. Number three is include a link to whatever call to action and I'm going to say CTA in a lot of this podcast. So CTA is call to action. Include a link to whatever call to action is most important above the fold, which means before someone starts scrolling, there should be a link that they can click as high up as you possibly can. Now, I know this is really hard a lot of the times and you don't want to link like random stuff and be misleading, but just think about introducing an action you want them to take off of the email as soon as you can. And you'll definitely see higher click-through rates if you do that. So don't be afraid to play with different methods of calls to action. A button to learn more, a hyperlink to a landing page. And one of my favorites lately that I've been using, clients been using, I've been seeing companies do is reply to this email and tell me, XYZ. Tell me how you feel. Tell me what you would do. Tell us what products you want to see. It makes them feel a little bit more like you give a poop and you want to hear what they say. And at the end of the day, you should want that, but it also helps them be more engaged. And there you go. You're opening an email conversation in your inbox. You have direct access to them. Use your list like this. You're not just speaking to the void. You want them to take action and Sometimes replying to you is a great action to build trust and push them further down that funnel. So think about that. Okay, number four, speak in you. I don't know if that's first tense, second tense, first person, second. Grammar is escaping me right now, but I'm telling you to speak in you when telling someone about something they need. So what I mean by this, your email list is personal. You have these people's emails. They know you. You need to know them. Instead of saying, most people like to blah, 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 say, you like to. It's the majority of your list is most people after all. So I would get very specific, especially if you're starting the email with, hey, Allison, you know, like the merge tag to put their first name. You really want to make sure you're talking to them specifically. You, not them, not he, she, it you. Exactly. Speak to them. Okay, cool. So that's number four. Number five is going to be to utilize the PS line and or content after the final signature. Okay. This is probably one of my favorites. I definitely see clicks on this myself. I've seen it for my clients as well, but weirdos like me will scroll all the way to the end of an email before I even read the whole thing. I can't explain it. I also like start at the end of any document and read back up. I promise I don't do this when I'm reading. I do not go to the last page and read the ending. I did it when I was a kid, but maybe that's where this comes from. I don't know. But typically I like to just, I think in my mind, just what is the call to action? What do you want me to do? And I'm not the only one out there like that. Most people are kind of looking for like a TLDR, too long, didn't read. Here's how you can sign up for XYZ. So I highly recommend having a PS line, just something that just wraps it all up and tells them what they can do. It's also a great way to get them somewhere else. So if they didn't take action in the call to action of your email to sign up for something, to read something, where can they go to invest more time into you? 
your LinkedIn, your Instagram, a recent podcast episode that recaps the email or explains it further with the same call to action you really wanted them to take in the email. When considering what to link here, think about where you're active or what might help them get to the end result that you desire for them. Pull in your other marketing platforms here. Build that trust even further. Let it come full circle. A lot of times people have to see things multiple times before it registers and before they take action. So 10 out of 10, recommend. Okay, number six, as far as sending time frame like scheduling that email, pressing send. As far as that's concerned, do not be afraid to play with the weekend. Okay, so a lot of us are bombarded with emails on the weekdays, but on the weekend, for me, unless it's Bed Bath & Beyond or Lulu's in my email inbox, like it's very quiet. Not a lot of B2B happening there at all on the weekends, which is funny because it just is, but playing with the weekends can really help you stand out, especially to those of us who don't really shut off on the weekend, which is not a bad thing. I'm going to save my thoughts on this for another episode, probably the next episode. People still check their email on the weekends. Also, they check their email Monday and they should be going through it. And so if they see that after they close their computer on Friday, they got an email from you Monday morning, they'll open it. So play with it. Don't be afraid to play with weekend emails. Um, I don't buy into like Tuesdays and Wednesdays at the best time. Like it really just depends on your list and the emails that they are getting, what kind of inbox they're getting them in. So I'm sure after hearing all of this, you're like, okay, well, how do I know my emails are working? So the two things that you should really check are the open rate and the click-through rate. Don't focus so much on the open rate. Focus a little bit more on the click-through rate. Now, if your open rate's like 10%, something's seriously wrong and you might need to clean your email list. But if you're looking at like 30, 40, 50%, that's a pretty good range. Focus on that click-through rate. You really want it to be above 1%. Like you want more than 1% of your people who open it to click it and be taking those actions. Fun fact right there, those people can be leads for your business. So think about that. If they've clicked on something that's to get them to sign up for a service, but they didn't take an action there, make note of that. Go try and stalk the crap out of them. No, I'm just kidding. Engage with them on social media. Build that relationship. They're obviously interested if they clicked it. So if you're interested in more about metrics, by the way, tune into my previous episode, episode 65. I dive into all of them, what they mean, how to optimize them. Definitely a good listen if you are interested at all in that, which you should be. (laughs) And lastly, I am so bad at doing this. So to wrap this up, but hi, I'm a marketer and I help my clients do all of the above. Whether you need tips for your current efforts and overhaul on your strategies altogether or help implementing any marketing of any sort, I'm here for you. Click the link in my show notes to learn more about how we can work together and optimize the heck out of your marketing. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of She's Busy AF. I hope you found this super, super helpful. And if you did, please share it on social media and tag me so I know because I see you guys listening. But sometimes I have no idea if you find this helpful. So please let me know or leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, whatever you're listening on. And thank you so much. I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you.